Hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. Um, okay. I just, I, I have no words because I feel like these episodes are somewhat devolving into absolute tragedy as we move further into this series. I just, um, yeah, I, I can't. Hold on, I'm, I'm getting my notes because oh, I started oh, taking notes. Oh, same girl, same. Look <laughs> oh my god, I, I stopped because I was getting so so irritated. <laughs> so I don't have as many as you, but oh, no, I have plenty. Okay. Trust me, plenty. I'm just gonna hit on like top level things that I want us to get through today, and okay. then you can tell me like what are sort of the additions or extras that you were like, no, we also have to k- catch this as well. Okay. Okay. Um, Anthony's first lunch with the ladies. We have to talk about that. We have to talk about the whole Rose Rock thing and the whole school situation. Pierre and yes. I have this whole conversation about it. Okay. Um, varying perspectives, but I can't wait for us to get into it. Um, the whole Charlotte and Miranda alcohol thing. Um, also, Miranda's whole alcoholism and getting, quote unquote, getting over her alcoholism. There's a lot to unpack there. Okay. Um, the essentially um why am i like blinking uh sarah jessica parker carrie caroline lol uh caroline and the whole like hip thing um <laughs> i just thought like <laughs> i mean i mean look the the name of the episode is what is it tragically hip hip yeah yeah I mean, the thing the episode the show is just fucking tragic at this point and i am I'm so bored by it. I struggle to like stay engaged. Yeah, it's, it's pretty episode. bad. It's pretty bad. I will say though, the, the last thing that I think is, was pretty good. And I think we should definitely touch on was the text conversation with Samantha. Yes. How they're basically trying to include the character, even though she is not mm-hmm. um, there in person. Um, okay. So where shall we first start? I feel like we have to talk about the beginning, like the intro with the the lunch, the lunch with Anthony. Is that how it started? So I, I'm literally... No. It started with basically her and Seema, Carrie and Seema, I think. Where yes. They're basically making her look very old. Like I feel like they overdid it too with her hair and the grays and I think... And the, the outfit. And the outfit. Like they were overdoing it. And trying to make her appear old. I was like, um, Sarah Jessica Parker is not 80. Y'all are trying to make her appear that she's 80 in this yeah. show. Yeah, I I feel like the whole I think it just keeps going back. I keep going back. It's like they're trying so hard. Mm-hmm. They're trying so hard to like really drive home these concepts and like storylines. Mm-hmm. And I think they're like beating a dead horse and they're absolutely killing it. And I, I don't know, it's just, yeah, it's it's horrible. Like you're right, like the outfit, the hair, the cane, the the whole the whole thing. It, it was feels so forced. 
It's like forced fun. Yeah, yeah, the umbrella. Um, and then like the same thing with that, with, you know, Miranda being an alcoholic. It's, it's like, again, you're beating that horse. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like they're trying so hard. And if they would just go back to like the model and the formula that worked so well for so long. Yeah. Because I, I feel like if you, because I've been going back and watching some of the old Sex and the City episodes just to really like cleanse my palate after I watched <laughs> this disaster. And, and it was almost like, you obviously needed to know the storyline, but I feel like you could theoretically like click on any single episode from any season mm-hmm. and you kind of can figure out what's going on, right? Again, you're not going to understand like nuances and maybe jokes or references or whatever, or like who big is, but it's, it's almost, um, evergreen. It's mm-hmm. not, but do you, yeah, you know, I know what, what you're I mean, saying? Right? Yeah. And I just need them to like go back to that instead of like dragging out these storylines, like boring us with the same shit week after week. Yeah. Well, I will say I did feel a little bit of um, a parallel between this episode and some of that like evergreenness to previous Sex in the City episodes with how they basically shortened her whole like hip thing. And they were like, and just like that, after three months, like I was back to normal, like the way that they ended it. I was like, okay, so at least they're like moving past this whole like hip thing and the like old theme. Um I was going to say, I think the reason why, because I was like, why would they write this in? And I mean, and it's literally the title of the episode, right? Mm-hmm. So it's clearly, it, it it served a purpose, whether or not it achieved it, I don't know. But I think <laughs> that the whole point of this, I think she's going to date Dr. Patel. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, I guess I could see that. Um, I actually think my assumption is that hot producer guy on the podcast. I think she's going to date him. That's my assumption. What hot producer guy on the podcast? Ah, ha, ha, ha. They like, they keep him pretty like low key, but you see him every now and again. Like, I think it was last episode where you had, um, the woman that was on the wheelchair who was yelling at Carrie from yes. socials. There is a gentleman that is right. Like in between Che and the, um, the other guy, I don't remember his name. Um, and he's there and he's like, young love, huh? And then Che was like, maybe not so young. And Carrie's like, maybe not so love. Um, and he's like, he's like super uh, hot producer guy. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know his name. I don't know if they've actually mentioned his name, but I think she's going to date him. There's a part of me that feels like he's way too attractive and they have him involved in the podcast. I have a feeling that he's going to have more of a, a solid storyline as it goes on. Okay, I'm trying to like Google it, but I don't know what to Google. So I'm gonna have to go back and watch that episode again. Yeah. Like I said, it's almost background noise at this point. Like I'm watching it because, yeah. because I have to, but it's it's really like I am struggling. Yeah, it's a bit, okay. it's 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 a tough one. Um, I will say I'm gonna go back to like my main point in previous episodes where I said I have a feeling that this show is losing its audience because the things that we loved mm-hmm. about Sex in the City are not translating over to and just like that. And they are catering to an older demographic that doesn't that we don't relate to. Like this whole hip thing, we don't relate to it. This whole age thing. There were a couple of things that I thought were interesting, like her fear of being alone. I understand that because like, as you know, like I took care of my dad towards the end and I can understand how that is a very frightening thing for someone who is in an older demographic of like the fear of being alone and like not being able to take care of yourself. So that for me is a really frightening scene, but I also feel like it catered more to sort of an emotional response from people who are in an older demographic than it would for like you and me, for example. 
Maybe, but to your point, she's 55. I know, but she's this is 88. Like, but like, on. this is the whole beating a dead horse till it's dead yeah, thing, maybe. right? Like it's, it's over excessive and overdone. And I think that's why it's like detracting us from actually being able to sit and enjoy the show because they're trying to make the point, but it's beating it to a dead horse. And it kind of doesn't make sense because she's in her fifties. And, and it's they, also a point we don't care about. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, talking about that whole not wanting to be alone and just carry, like, when did she become such a raging bitch? She's always been. It's just we didn't notice it. It was excusable before. I don't know if it was this bad. Like, even, so I I watched the episode again, or I attempted to, because, you know, it's been a couple of days since I've watched it, and I just wanted to, like, have fresh emotion about this, and clearly I do. Um. And watching the whole argument between Carrie and Miranda, which I you yeah. actually didn't mention that in like your like rundown. Um, oh, I know. But I know. We're, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. But watching that scene again, like the visceral hate that comes. No, I'm sorry, not even hate. The narcissism yeah. from Carrie, just just the way she's like screaming at her, and I was like, whoa, like, but I think- I think the reason why, and this is once again, me being the, the poet, if you will, a little bit more of the romantic when it comes to like the writing and and what's happening, you have to remember earlier in the episode, she talked about like, essentially when um, Charlotte was like, here's the Excel sheet of like how we're all going to like help Carrie while she's doing this like healing from oh my God. surgery. That's, <laughs> I, I've, I've realized I'm Charlotte. <laughs> yes. You very when she Charlotte. did that, I was like. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> sorry but, I had to cut you off. But she said, she was like, oh, thank you guys. I just like, I'm terrified of being alone. Or she said something along those lines. And yes, so I understand that, but she wasn't alone. Like she's, I, she's just such a bitch. It's like thematically what's happening, even though I don't think the execution was as great as they were trying to show Carrie, like her fear of being alone, not only did big die, so there's still grief there. But the fear of being alone and also helpless and vulnerable after surgery where you can't support yourself, I think the anger is kind of warranted of like, hey, Miranda, like you said you were going to be here to support me and then you didn't. And it's also triggering this like fear of mine of being alone. Now, the way that it came off, she definitely came off as a raging bitch and not explaining herself as to like where it was coming from emotionally. But watching it for me, I was like, I understand where this is coming from. But yes, she does appear to be a massive bitch. Yeah, I just think she needs to like scale it back a little bit. Even when just, just she's just so like dismissive. Mm-hmm. See, I interpreted it as interpreted it all as like she's fucking ungrateful. She's rude to everybody. Like, hey, I don't mean to be an asshole, but let me tell you right now, if I out of the kindness of my heart was like, let me come and spend my days watching my friends sleep and Mm -hmm. dragging your ass to the bathroom because you have to pee. You better believe that if you spoke to me like that, I would leave your ass on the bathroom floor. Like, no, it's just like, how ungrateful are you? It's rude. (laughs) Like, where was she raised in a barn? Which brings me to like my question that I had when I was watching it. And I was like, huh, I wonder like, are you a lower me on a toilet kind of friend? No, I'm a, I will pay <laughs> for your nurse kind of friends. Like, or, well, I will contribute to your nurse kind of friend. Cause unfortunately <laughs> I'm, I'm not at the place where I can like afford all of that yet. No, I, I'm not going to lie. I, like, so I've actually had this conversation um, and Janet, mm. 
Um, Janet was like, oh my, I would, I would wipe your ass if one day like you needed me to. And mm. she genuinely would. Mm. And I literally was like, that's very nice of you. I hope you don't expect that in return. Cause I would never wipe your ass. Like I was like, I would absolutely not do it. I would bring you tea in bed, but I would no. That would not happen. Certain limits. I get it. I would, lower, I would lower you on the toilet. I wouldn't wipe your ass though, but I would definitely help you lower it. Cause given the situation, she doesn't need help with wiping, but like I would, yes. I've seen your VJJ several times <laughs> in several, like, let's all go to the bathroom situation. So yeah. I feel like it's, I'd be like, yeah, let yeah. me just like help pick you up and take you here, but you don't yeah. have to wipe I would yourself help home girl. <laughs> I would help that. But let me ask you a question. Why can mm-hmm. Carrie use crutches to get from her podcasting desk to the bed? but not he was highly drugged. She was wasted when she was podcasting. Yeah. So she was on painkillers. So like the thing is, is like when she woke up, she makes the whole, um, she has the whole conversation with Miranda where she was like, I only took half a pill this time. So imagine waking up in like severe pain. So it's like, you can actually feel the bottom half of your body and it's a lot more difficult to move versus when you're drugged up and you can't really feel it. And so you're like, woo. Okay. So as somebody who's had multiple surgeries on my knees, Mm -hmm. I've had, like, I have been at, I have been on painkillers. I've woken up. Mm -hmm. I just think that she is acting like a pathetic little baby and a brat. (laughs) And I like, obviously I get it, but like, bitch, you had to pee that bad that you couldn't wait for Miranda. Try the crutches. And also the, the like, sorry, it's just like the plot holes that are just irritating me. Yeah, it's like, the plot holes so are she real can't bad. walk because her hip is, yep, has been operated on. But she can balance herself, mm-hmm. which requires your legs and your hip, right? Like you can balance yourself off the side of your bed with one arm, so you're putting yep. most of the weight in your legs anyway mm-hmm. to pee in a bottle. I just. I don't know. The whole thing, I was just like, stop being so pathetic. There was also the plot line because I just feel like there's like plot holes and they just kind of accept you to, to like stomach it or take it, whatever it is. There was the one at the end with the physical therapist where the girl at the desk was like, yeah, so your insurance, like, you know, doesn't cover Travis, but it covers this other person. I was like, I've never gone into like a physical therapy office or any medical office where they're like, your insurance will cover this person as a physical therapist, but not this person. I I was literally sitting there. I was like, what the fuck is happening Mm -hmm. here? Um, Like that for me, like really irritated the shit Mm -hmm. out of me. I don't know why, but I was like, why, why, why would you do that? Like it's not consistent writing. Like, (laughs) no, 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 I'm with you. And then the other thing about that, I I was like, girl, your husband died like a week ago. And don't get me wrong. You're (laughs) going to move on at some point. Right. Like, yeah. But like, so much so that you are going to pay out of pocket for a physical therapist because you're like that ready to move on that quickly. Like I will, I will haunt Mark from the other side. But I also think too, like, I mean, for me personally, I would not want a hot physical therapist. Like you're also putting yourself in a weird position of like, oh, he's hot. Like is the goal for him to eventually ask you out, which would then would make the relationship difficult. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. I don't know. All I know is Carrie, you're a grown woman. Take care of yourself. Like, sorry. And and, and go to therapy. She needs a therapist. They need to introduce that and and make mental health a theme in the show. Okay. But I feel like we need to move on from this. 
Yeah. I will say as my last note that like, okay. I do appreciate that she has such good friends that they would willing be willing to like such great community and a group of friends that would be willing to help her when she's down like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a beautiful show yes. of compassion and a beautiful show of community, what community can do. But to your point, the way that she showcased her gratitude was um, zilch. Yeah, was zilch. <laughs> no, there. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I just, I think that they have done a really good job of taking characters that we all love and grew up loving and admiring mm. in one way, shape, or, or some way, shape, or form and relating to, and they have made them unrelatable mm. and they've made them unlikable. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, at the end of the day, right? You always wanted to like root for Carrie and Big or her to find love or whatever it was. Yeah, she's a she's a raging bitch now. It's so like I don't once, actually care. Once you remove Big, it's like you get to see Carrie as a person. And I guess we all don't really like Carrie at the end of the day. No, we don't. And and again, and because they're not helping the the cause. It's like, look, I get it. You're grieving. You're going through shit. But like, you're also not the only person in the world that's going through something. Miranda's miserable, hates her life. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's going through her own shit. Samantha is being, yeah, I don't know. I just, and also Anthony just is fine. <laughs> His husband. Oh, can't, okay. So this is where we need to go. Cause I literally oh was word. like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. When I saw Anthony at the lunch, I was like, first off, like my brain, like the cognitive dissonance of like seeing him with the ladies, I was like, whoa. No, doesn't work. Um, but then also there was a part of me that was like, are they doing this because he's more of like the salacious one that like they would see him as like a better replacement for Samantha? Well, because they need they need someone to be funny. Yeah. Because Samantha was the funny one. Yeah. And Stanford, I guess, could kind of fill that Mm. void a little bit. Obviously, you know, he he can't. Um, But I think they just just need someone to be entertaining. Because at this point, I feel like it's just like, all they do is bicker, the girls. Mm -hmm. All they do is complain. Yep. And you need that, like, that lightheartedness. It's just weird, though, because the only girl that he or the only woman that he has an actual relationship with like long-term solid is with Charlotte. So it's just very strange to see him in that seat when he does not have as strong of a relationship with Samantha and or Miranda. Well, him saying that he's going to take his time out of uh, time out of his day to take Mm -hmm. care of Carrie too. I was like, Oh, they're just making him a main character. Like, Oh, okay. They're really going for it now. Yeah. Um, Whereas like to your point, they're not even friends. Yeah. Like that's, it just blows my fucking mind. Um, I mean, I will say I appreciate the level of humor that he's kind of bringing to the conversations at the table because previously they were kind of bickering and getting boring to your point. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's going to take me a while to like adjust to seeing him there knowing like there has to be a suspension of belief because I know that he isn't friends with these two other ladies in his strongest relationship was with, um, Charlotte this whole time. Yeah. I also just don't know if he, like, I don't think he makes sense. I think the whole, like, hot delivery boy bread company. Yeah, I don't get it. What is that? Like, what? (laughs) I just am like, excuse me? Wasn't he a um, wedding? Was he a stylist? Stylist. Like, I thought he was, like, a wedding planner because didn't he help plan Carrie's wedding? But then he was also a stylist to help. Like, I kind of don't know where he lands. Because wasn't he also, originally he was hired as a wedding planner for Charlotte. 
Yes. And then he was hired as a wedding planner. It was like a gift from Charlotte to Carrie. You're right. And I just Googled it to triple check. Yeah. I thought he was an interior designer. No, you're right. He's, he's but he up. helped Charlotte, I think, when she got like that architect digest or some magazine cover, like home something. Um, remember when she had been married the first time around? Um, to try. Exactly. And they did that whole beautiful um, shoot at her house, mm-hmm. at her apartment. And um, I just, I remember he was there and he was like helping with stuff. But I think that's because he was more of a friend though. But yeah. I, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm just not, I, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Stop, like just get over it. Samantha is not yeah. in the show. They need Kim Cattrall back. Like if she doesn't come back for the second season, I really don't think that there's a point. Well, they're saying that there's probably not going to be a second season because of Chris Knopf. Really? But he's no mm. longer in the show. So why the fuck would it matter? I just think it's like everything he represents, right? And the fact that somebody who worked on the show came out, I don't know. Yeah, I, I saw this. It's not confirmed, but I guess that they're like, should we just like, like not nix it kind of thing? Yeah, like nix it, like cut nix our it And let's yeah. put the money towards Samantha in London, please. Yeah. Thank oh my you. God, imagine. I would die. Um, okay. God. So by the way, I literally wrote in my, my really detailed notes, Anthony is the only funny one. <laughs> <laughs> I love your notes. Yes. Spark notes. Yeah. And then the next one is Maria. Well, I'm such a Charlotte with the Excel spreadsheet. The wrapping TikTok, LOL. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we have to talk about this. Okay. I, the whole rock rose thing, rose to rock. And then this. I think we picked up like Rob, like an actual name. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. It's like, once again, it's like the poetry Why? thing of like, I was a rose, but now I want to be a rock. Cause I guess rocks are considered more, um, on a masculine side, potentially, I guess I just don't understand what's going on through her head because they don't really talk about her perspective. They just are like, here's the decision she's made. And we don't really get any emotional understanding or like psychological understanding of where rock is at. Um, but I will say the school scene where the teachers were talking to, um, both Harry and, and Charlotte, where Charlotte was like, I want to be supportive. I just don't know what to do is the series is not serious. And the school pretty much like made the decision decision for for them. Yeah. Which I thought was so, it was kind of wild. So Pierre and I talked about this and Pierre was like, why the fuck is a school making this decision? Like that shouldn't be appropriate. And I was of the mindset of like, I kind of agree. I don't think the school should be making the decision. I do like that they're trying to foster and create an open space for rock to explore and figure things out. Um, But I just, my main thing that came out after watching that scene was, I'm so glad I'm not a fucking parent in this day and age because I can only imagine how difficult it is to navigate just everything. Like it's almost like the structures we grew up with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We don't know what was right. We don't know what was wrong. We're just like, kind of like in this like ether floating of like, how do I support my kid and how do I like do this and that without being too, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just so difficult to kind of wrap your head around. So anyway, so I kind of want to hear your thoughts about like, if you're a parent now in this day and age, like how are you going to navigate something like this? I think, I mean, I think the whole school making the decision and not informing the parent 
Mm-hmm. I think it's wrong and I think it's alarming. I think I'm not saying that they should call and like tell on rock, but mm-hmm. they should be like, Hey, we just wanted to make sure that, you know, you are aware of this or it's just something there should be some sort of communication, especially I'm assuming that this, this, they pay a lot of money for this like private school, right? They're 100%. not just sending her to a fucking public school on the Upper East Side. I don't even know if they have public schools there. <laughs> um, so I, I feel, and also like Charlotte is obviously involved in the school. So there, there is like an open line of communication there. I just think that that was weird. Yeah. It was just, it was fucked up is what it was where she yeah. had to find out from the other parents and the fact that she is like sort of involved with the PTA and all these things to your point, she's so connected to the school. Why the fuck did nobody come to her? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, I think it's also really unrealistic that like she wouldn't have known, but whatever, we're, we're not going to go down the plot holes. Mm. you know, (laughs) rabbit hole again. But I think, I I don't know how I would react, right? Or I don't know how I would handle it. And I think that, to be honest, I don't think that she's handling it wrong. And I think maybe like the way she was really confrontational Mm. with Rose Rock at first was probably a little bit jarring, but right, who's to say like, I, I think for Charlotte, it's less about like the decision to change your pronouns and your name. I think it's more like, I don't think Charlotte is like homophobic or anything like that. I think it's more, she is just like, she's so focused on the right or wrong. Like that's Charlotte wants um, to be perfect. Yes. But I don't even think that she views like that decision as imperfection. I think it's more like it's it's, a nostalgia. I think it's more just like, she's like probably hurt. She, she thought a lot about, oh, I have a baby named Lily. Let's name the other one. We'll also have a flower theme and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then like her being like all of the like thought, love, care, effort, energy, so on and so forth that you, that you put, that Charlotte put into that mm-hmm. to just be like thrown to the side and like not have any, it's not even tell them. I think yeah, is, yeah. that's what I think bothers Charlotte more. I, yeah, I can totally see that. There's a part of me too that feels like Charlotte because she's always loved being perfect, never dropping the ball. And I yeah. think this is such a complex situation to navigate as a parent. And there is no like set pathway of how to, to go about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's struggling right now with like, I don't know how to be perfect as a mother in this situation. And yeah. I think that there's a little bit of that psychologically for her too. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, and as somebody who's like an uptight, tight, you know, tightly wound person that does make Excel spreadsheets for things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can understand Right. Like being like, oh my God, I'm not in complete control of the situation. And like what you can never get that control black back mm-hmm. in this particular situation. So um, and also Lily is like the golden child, right? Like she's an incredible pianist, like she's a child prodigy, you know, and she's appears to be a good student. Um, and and all the above, it's probably just like heightened, it's even more heightened. And this is like her and Harry's kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Right? So it's like, oh my God, the one that we actually made is, yeah, you know, the one that's giving us, I don't want to say grief, but. Yeah, yeah. no, I get challenges. it. Challenges. Challenges. So, yeah. I thought, I'm not going to lie. My most, the thing I liked most about that scene was the dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was just like, okay. I don't know. I, I'm just, I don't know. 
It's complex. No, of course. Of course it is. I guess my, like to go back to my point earlier about the whole like beating a dead horse. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this is not like an important conversation that like we don't necessarily, or that we shouldn't be having in the world and society, but I'm just like, how, how many episodes are we going to talk about this? Yeah. How many episodes are we going to talk about Miranda's alcoholism? I pray to God this is it when she poured everything down the drain. I mean, I also thought that was like way too, uh, I was like, I have a feeling they're going to continue it on because we need to talk about the ramifications of her alcoholism, which I think is the cheating, which we'll get to shortly. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that scene was... I was like, what the fuck? Where she finds out that she drunk purchased the book herself on like quit like a woman, I think was the title of the book, which I was like cackling about. I was like, how many times have I drunkenly purchased things? And then in two days, Amazon Prime has blessed me with packages. I'm like, ooh, what did I buy? You know what I mean? I'm like, do (laughs) I have a problem? Holy shit. I've actually never done that. Well, you've never done it? I've never done that. Girl, I've also done it high, which is like, at least when I'm like drunk, like I somewhat have like a semblance of like remembrance of it where it's like, I'm like, oh yeah, shit, that's that book that I bought. But like when I'm high and I do it, I literally get a pack. I'm like, what did I buy? Like I have no recollection oh whatsoever. <laughs> I've purchased perfumes. I've purchased like books. Okay. I've purchased so many things. Yeah. No, I've never done that. Oh, sorry. So like for me, um, see, I was like, ah. Oh, I don't like this. It's so relatable. Feeling. At least, like, <laughs> at least like this, this episode was relatable. <laughs> um, okay. Well, actually, I guess theoretically the whole hip incident was pretty relatable considering I, I literally <laughs> stood up from the couch today to like get water. And out of nowhere, I was like stuck like three quarters of the way. In my back I was like, Mark at the Theragun right now. And I, like, he had to come and like... like beat the the like seizure out of my back or something. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh, imagine when we're 55. We're so screwed. Um okay. I, like I already start creaking when I get off the couch. I'm just like, oh sweet baby Jesus. So bad. My my physical therapist, um, I go to her, you know, like once a month-ish. And she the other day she's like, oh, so like what's been bothering you? And usually I'm like, well, my back, my shoulder, my left knee, my right knee, sometimes my wrist, my foot. And she's just like, <laughs> so let's try with what's not bothering yeah, you. We'll go from there. But but then like last week, I was like, actually, nothing's really been bothering me. And she was like, Oh, so just like, you know, your body? I was like, Yeah, like, why are you here? I was like, I don't know, just work my whole body, please do something. Um, but anyway, okay. So yes, Miranda, that, that whole scene, I, I I'm like kind of t- I'm bored. I'm so bored. I just feel like it's like, there are shows where there's like that one storyline that continues. Mm. Yep. And I don't know why I hate that they are doing that with this. I need it to go back to the evergreen content. Yeah, I also think that there thematically have been some in Sex in the City, but it's things that once again were like relatable for us. Um, I, I didn't, I mean, there was a part where I was like, oh, Alina called it when Miranda talked about her alcoholism was happening, you know, happened because, you know, everyone was drinking during the pandemic and then she just didn't <laughs> stop. And I was like, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Alina called it. Um, but to your point, I just, yeah, I do feel like it's, um, beating it like a dead horse um, or beating the dead horse till it's completely dead, potentially pulverized. I also think too, what's irritating about it is that like every episode we get snippets of it and we're not seeing 
anything other than like, oh, she's an alcoholic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it isn't any like actual um, addition to the storyline with these notes, which I think is why it's so irritating. Yeah. It's like, okay, like we get it. Yeah. She's either going to like stop or not. I don't, I don't know. Um, I also think though, in general, so I feel like a lot of people probably have struggled with that due to COVID. Oh, 100%. Um, but I also think that right now, like sobriety is also like having a moment. Oh, so I like wonder it. if they like got that idea from it. Yeah, like think about like Frederick Eklund from Million Dollar Listing, Chrissy That's Teigen, um, Demi Lovato. Like they're all like coming out and being, uh, Jessica Simpson just posted that picture of herself, which I saw that. Did you see that? And I was like, <gasps> oh no, what happened? Oh my God. Wait, I'll send it to you right now. She, sorry, I know that we're completely derailing ourselves, but my point is like, I wonder if they got inspiration or something like from this whole movement of sobriety. Um, okay. So yes, that storyline. I, I, I also think like, I know it's really bad. Um, I also feel like just Charlotte is becoming even more Charlotte. And like, she's like just annoying and high strung yeah. the way she's like, no champagne for you, Samantha. Um, What's your Miranda. name? Miranda. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's really, it's really killing me. Um, I don't, yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't love them. Okay. So with that said though, why does Che think that she's Carrie's friend? <laughs> this is something that I also wanted to uh, bring up. Like her constantly showing up being like, oh, surprise. I brought you like lunch to the hospital and Carrie's like, she's my boss. Like, yeah, I don't think I've ever had a fucking boss that, I mean, like, I, of course, like, you know, my bosses have cared, but like not to the point of like, let me show up to a hospital or let me show up to your house unexpected with like to get like, that is, that is a bit strange. And I feel like we haven't seen the actual evolution of their relationship evolve and develop. So that's why it's even weirder for us. Yeah. And it's like, she always just happens to come when Miranda is around. Like, I feel it's just so yeah. annoying. Yeah. Um, like and, and like suspension I, of disbelief, right? Like, yeah. And I feel like it's like very clear that Carrie doesn't like her. Oh, like yeah. Carrie's like, I work with you or I work for you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see you outside of recording this fucking podcast. Please mm-hmm. leave me alone. And I think that's just so weird. So when she shows up and she's like, oh, here's the professional podcasting mic. I was, first of all, I was dying. Um, also that, that hat she was wearing. When I don't she know was what recording. was going on. That I don't was know like what's going weird. on. I also feel like her fashion sense in this um, new reboot is just, it's, it's kind of gone to trash. Like they there's need to some. Bring Patricia Fields back. I they have to. They've like, there's some nods to previous um, outfits that I've like caught yes. throughout the show. Where I'm just like, oh, like I love like that. Skirt. Exactly. Tool skirt, the belt. Like there was one episode where she was wearing that belt where we've seen in a previous episode. I think the dress at the end of this episode was a dress that we've seen in Sex in the City too. Have we? I think so. It's yeah. Missoni, right? I think. Well, you're that, she you're the fashion great. one, not me. Oh, she oh, does. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> no, she looks uh, amazing. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I just, I, I'm sorry. They need, they need to fire the stylist. I think it's horrible. Those fucking Birkenstocks with the socks. Like, oh yeah. God. Oh my God. The pearls after surgery. Again, I've had many surgeries. Weird. Nobody's putting you in, nobody changes you out of your hospital gown. Like, okay, fine. So weird. So, okay. So let's go back to Miranda and Shay. Miranda and Shay. We need to talk about this. Oh, also I have a theory and I texted it to you last night. Did you? Um, I did. 
I think Brady's girlfriend is Che's daughter or related to Che in some way. Because when I was watching it, I was like, I remembered last episode, episode four, not this one, where I was like, she looks so familiar. Uh, I was like, she looks kind of like Che a little bit. And then again, we see it again happen um, where she was like talking to Miranda. And I looked at her, I was like, she looks like Che. And it wasn't until Pierre turned around, because I wasn't saying this out loud, it was in my head. Pierre turns around to me, he was like, is that Che's daughter? And I was like, oh, so I'm not the only one who thinks this. Um, I tried going down the rabbit hole of like Twitter. Nobody said anything, but it's my theory that things are going to get a little bit complicated between Miranda and Che because Brady's girlfriend is going to be somehow related. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, well, other than the marriage thing, other than, you know, Miranda actually cheating, um, and doing what she did, but I have a theory that a Che and Brady's girlfriend are somehow related. But that would require her. Well, what if Che, before they came out, was in a... We don't know much about Che's history other than the fact that, like, they came out. No, but didn't she... I thought she said that it happened when she was pretty young, when she was telling the whole diverticulitis story. Oh, well, I thought... Maybe? I don't remember. Okay, so maybe not then. So maybe I'm just, like, spewing out my ass. But there was a part of me that was just like, mm. ooh, what if? (laughs) Well, no, no, because remember... She's definitely not her daughter. I'll yeah, well, why. that's what I was saying. It's like, it's probably like family relation or something along those lines. Definitely lines. not her daughter. And the reason for that is because she says, you're so, also wrote down the astroglide. Um, when when they're having that whole conversation, when Miranda's yeah. like unboxing her drunken purchase of her book, mm-hmm. um, she says to her, like, you're so cool about that. Thank you. Like, if I ever did that in my house, my mom would, she would strangle me. She would choke me with a rosary. Well, that's why I was thinking, like, what if, because we don't know much about Che's background other than their coming out story. Like, what if Che is actually religious and it lends to, like, complexity of the character? No Or what if Che isn't as open sexually with whatever? Like, potentially, I don't know. Just thoughts. No, Maddie, I love you. No. I know. There's a fucking way. It's there to be, like, this, like... I, I, no, I I, th- I think that you want this to be like yeah. I think it's just me going trying- somewhere, and it's not going anywhere. I, I think know. that that's what it is. Like at this point, that would make it interesting, but I just don't think it's that kind of show. I just want um, that plot line because I just want things to get shaken up. I want things. You to just get need interesting. some. You need something to watch because God Jesus knows they're giving something. us nothing. Um, okay, so. Unfortunately, I don't think that you are onto something. I know. I think that's why I didn't respond. You were like, "What?" Um, Um, I know. But what if? I think it would just be an entirely different show. I know. I know. I think like Samantha is more likely to have a long lost daughter that we find out about than Che because a Che doesn't like men. Yeah, I know, and, but like I said, what if this was like before? When she was talking about the diver, or they were talking about the diverticulitis story, um, and they were talking about how they were holding things in and being something that they weren't. That's why it was like physically representing in the representing the body. Maybe. So, what if they had like forced themselves into a you know a hetero relationship and they ended up getting a child out of that? I don't know. I don't think so. 
Okay. I don't think so. Well, but we'll see. I, I okay. put it out there. All right. All right. There. Maybe, maybe not. Most likely not. But I think it's my brain is wanting to come up with more exciting twists. Well, y'all should hire me for the fucking show. <laughs> I'll make things a little spicy. Oh my gosh. Um, but, give us something to watch. Okay. So her showing up at Carrie's apartment. Yeah. Speaking of spicy. Um, yeah. I really hated that scene. And I'll tell you why I hated that scene between Shane and Miranda. It was awful. Yes. <laughs> but also I think the hypocrisy of like Miranda after like, oh my God, Steve cheated on her. Yes. Almost ended the marriage or she did technically end the marriage and they were going to get a divorce. Um, and then to just like have her partake in cheating activities as well without any repercussions to her consciousness or feeling guilty in any way or any of that just felt very off brand and really kind of just like pissed me off at the end of the day. Like I was like, wow, like we had a whole movie where we talked about how Steve cheated and how you couldn't get over it and like the betrayal and knowing how you felt about it, you went and did the same thing. Yes. So her making him like pay in the way that she did for his infidelity and then doing the same thing. I'm sure that happens like every day though. And Miranda, sure. but, but to your point, it is very off brand for her. Cause I feel like if, if she is nothing, mm-hmm. I feel like she's all about like the justice and, you know, yeah. doing the right thing and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, um, kind of like standing up for the little guy. But I, I just felt like we all knew it was coming. Yeah, we all knew it was, it was coming. so obvious. Mm-hmm. I was more like what I think I was just focusing on was like, like doing it in the kitchen and the way it went down and like, like why you would you think it's a good idea? Squeezed a lemon in your mouth or a lime in your mouth, and you're like you didn't wash your hands. Like what? What? I, I was just like. <laughs> Also at your friend's house while they're like recovering from like surgery, you decide to like engage in that. Like, mind you, I would never do that in your house, like ever. So just like knowing the boundaries that I have personally set, I felt uncomfortable with seeing two best friends having to go through that situation or like a best friend catching her other best friend fucking in her kitchen or not even fucking, but like engaging in sexual activity in her kitchen. Yeah, I thought it was, it was just, it was also like very un-Miranda. Yeah, very un-Miranda, 100%. Um, I don't know. I just was like, I I kept focusing on like the way that it happened and like, like we've seen Miranda have sex many times on this Uh show and we know that she says that like, I never felt like this. That was the best experience of my life, blah, blah, blah. But I also just felt like it was just like so overdone. Mm. It just didn't, again, it didn't feel believable. It was like so dramatic. I was like, this is really awkward. It, it also, I thought it was like dragged out for a little bit too long. I get in the sense of what they're trying to do of like, well, Miranda isn't Miranda anymore. Like she's changed. Like she isn't who yes. we all think she is, right? Like she's having a crisis of identity. There's the whole alcoholism aspect. Okay, sure. Fine. Um, but yeah, I think that there are some core things that are now shifting and changing to her character that I'm just like, you know, this isn't the Miranda that we grew up watching with Sex in the City. 
And I understand that there's supposed to be an evolution or a change in who she mm-hmm. is. Sure. But this seems like 100% in the other direction. And again, she's not likable anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's 100%. like you have this like pathetic little puppy of a husband at home and you're mm-hmm. cheating on him and you're getting drunk and high at 12 o'clock in the, you know, in the afternoon or at noon. Which isn't and, you. Yeah. You it's know? just like you quit your job. What happened to whole, the whole school yeah. storyline? Yeah. That was also boring, but what happened to that? I don't, I, yeah, I just, it just feels like she's all over the place and like a fucking disaster. Maybe though that, that that's like representative of just how people feel in general after COVID. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, you know, like she's like, oh, I'm burnt out. I'm like roommates with my husband. She is suddenly, you know, her sexual, we'll say exploration is happening and all the above. Like, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people have spiraled in COVID. I think that there's a, an experience here that they're trying to showcase a human experience of like someone who has forced themselves into one specific direction their entire lives and made themselves Mm -hmm. to believe that this is what they want when in actuality, they're extremely unhappy. And now you're kind of seeing sort of the required de-evolution so that they can evolve into this other form, right? But what's happening here is like, it is very hard for us to believe as audiences that this is what's happening when we have spent X amount of years dedicated, like six seasons worth dedicated to Miranda as X, Y, and Z to have her like grow and evolve off screen, right? According to the Mm -hmm. writers. And then to come into this season as like a 50 something year old who now is like devolving in for, it's just like not very, to your point, like relatable. Um, And it's like hard for us to, once again, it's a little suspension of disbelief thing, right? Well, you know, like if she had been struggling with her identity throughout her life and throughout what we've seen and the amount of time we've dedicated to her character evolution throughout Sex in the City, sure. But like right now, it's like, it's almost like flipping of a switch. I also think, as you were just talking, I think that they're just trying to make the show what it's not. Mm-hmm. Like Sex in the City, yes, it talked about like, relatable topics and things that women are going through. And I think it, you know, obviously covered the whole idea of like women that are having sex in the world. And that was really like cutting edge at the time. But I feel like it was still, again, like really lighthearted. It was the storylines with the exception. I mean, I know they had the whole like infertility piece. I know that, um, you know, they touched on cancer with Samantha. I know that, you know, the whole big thing, which going back and watching the the previous season or like the actual show, I'm like, why do we all love big so much? Cause like, I know he's an asshole, but like watching it, I'm like, he's really an asshole. He's really an asshole. But anyway, my, my point is like sex and city is not a deep show. Yeah, and I feel not. like they're trying to like touch on every single big yeah. woke topic in today's society. Yeah. And again, like they're trying to fit their characters that are not those people. And like, that's not what we love about them yeah. into like relevance for society, but not relevance for the show. Like they're just, yeah. they're trying to like find a segue between 2021 and Sex in the City. And I think they failed horribly at it. And it's like, just yeah. go back to like, Let's the go. lightheartedness Parties. that we liked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like 
it's a, it was like a feel good show. You want, you it watched was. it and you were like, oh my God, like I want to go out to cafeteria or, um, oh my, what's the other restaurant they always go to? But like, I, I want to go out with my girls and have a cosmopolitan now. Yeah. Like I want to, yeah, we, you know, um, I just, you, and you leave the show and you're like, I'm fucking depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I think we touched upon this. Was it last episode or episode prior where it's just like sex in the city to your point, like was not about taking modern oh. social issues. Um, and I think one of the bigger events that happened in that time frame that the show was running was 9-11. And that wasn't referenced throughout yeah. the show, for example. And that was like a very big thing for American culture and American history. And this reboot is basically taking every single thing that has happened in the past year and throwing it in our faces. And I think, you know, one of the points that I'd made is like, people are having PTSD about these experiences, whether it's due to COVID, whether it's due to their experience as a person of color, a minority, et cetera, et cetera. And like the reason why we used to love watching the show was to your point that it was lighthearted. It was fun. It like gave us something to escape into. Yeah. And now what they're doing is they're throwing all of this shit back into our face in a way that isn't very thought provocative. And it's, it's more so cringy in a lot of ways and also just harmful to the brand of what sex in the city was. Yeah. They're yeah, not like on a, brand at all. Yeah. And, and I think like now it's just sex in the city. I think as a young girl, yeah. And I, and I really got into it after it had already gone off the air because, you know, we were really young when it yeah. was mm-hmm. live, but I remember like watching it and being like, oh my God, they're so cool. Like yeah. they live in the city and they wear cool clothes and they do what they want. And they, you know, that's what I loved about it. And now I feel like they've literally just like written these characters as like, old, boring losers that hate their lives yeah. and are just miserable old women. Oh and I think that I'm so angry. Yeah. It's like, what happened to like fabulous Carrie? And like Miranda was like a badass attorney. And Charlotte was like this like beautiful wasp that got what she always wanted. And of course, you know, obviously there were like the setbacks and the heartbreak and whatever, but like there was still like that, like, oh my God, I want to be when I grow up. And now I'm like, I don't want to be them. any of them. Yeah. At all, actually. Yeah. I'm mad. Um, yeah, I felt like they took the characters and moved them away from what they had originally been branded as and tried to make them more, quote unquote, like real humans. Ugh. And like, once again, Not like the that point. takes away from you what know. we loved about Sex in the City. Like there was this like this character we fell in love with, the brand of what they were, who they, mm-hmm. how they acted, et cetera, et cetera. And it's very hard, I think, as a writer to try to take something like that and shift it and transform it into something else. You know, people are going to be diehard fans and it's going to be very hard and difficult to sustain the type of loyalty in that evolution. And I think we're seeing it now with how we're both like, fuck this, like I kind of semi-hate this show. Yeah, no, I, I don't semi. I really hate this show. Like, I'm literally thinking yeah. about it, I'm pissed off right now. I'm like, yeah. what happened to these cool women yeah. that I think made women want to be like, oh my God, I want to move to the city or I want to yeah. like, you know, like I wish I had that relationship with my friends. And it's just, I don't yeah. know. I will say, of course, there were things that were problematic, if you will, with like this. Of course. Of course. But what's happening now is like, instead of like tweaking something so that it's not as problematic as it was previously, it's to your point, beating it, beating yeah. it, of course. <laughs> Ugh, um, I'm over it. I so, am pissed. 
I will say on Twitter though, my favorite tweet so far has been that um, the best part of the season so far has been the text conversation between Carrie and Samantha. Literally. <laughs> Literally. And I was like, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I kind of, there's a part of me that actually really enjoys this whole keeping Samantha alive through these other mediums, like text, right? And flowers. Like and she's flowers. more impact full yeah. off screen than yeah. all of them are on screen every fucking week. Boring Seriously. me to tears. <laughs> God. Oh my God. So cranky right now. Um, I know. Yeah. So what did you think about that? I mean, I really loved it and I love that that's how they're including her. I mean, of course, clearly I would obviously prefer to have Kim Cattrall come back as Samantha, but we all know that's not going to happen unless they pay her a shit ton of fucking money, I would hope. No, um, she's not going to come. It's a dumpster fire. Like if it wasn't, you it's know, a, because she's not on it. That's why. That's why. It's yeah, a but even still, fire. what 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 is her storyline going to be? How the fuck is she going to fit into this mess? I don't know. She, she's going to be sleeping with half of New York again. Like I, I just it, that, why that, not? But but that doesn't yes. even into the show. It doesn't even it doesn't even go with anything because there's no sex in Sex in the City anymore. Besides oh, that is Brady. so depressing. Besides that Brady. So, using that is so depressing. There Ugh. is no sex Ugh. anymore in Sex and the City. Like, oh, just, just, like, let that one set in for a second. Like, Samantha was the fun-loving, sexually open, sexually adventurous, like, no shit-taking, strong-ass independent female. And that vibe has been completely dismantled and destroyed with this reboot. It doesn't exist. Who's sex no. positive? Who's like transformative? Who's like this empowered, independent? Brady. Well, Brady's dumb. Uh, Brady. Brady's dumb. Um, also, he's not really sex empowering, is he? Like, he's just no, no. But he's girlfriend. the only one getting laid on the show. Him and his oh, mom sure. now. Miranda though is is also um, included I don't know. in that mix. Oh God, whatever. So okay. What did you think? So you love that? That's how they're incorporating her. Yeah, I, I think that that's how they need to leave it. I think I that's how they need to leave it. You don't think that they're going to do more? I feel like what they're doing right now is like they left her on red, and I I feel like there's going to be like uh, some sort of repeat situation going on later on. I think Carrie's gonna like. I don't know, get addicted to pills and like get really fucked up on them and just like call her or text her and be like, why, what are you doing? I think that's like, oh no, I think it's the only like real way they could do that. But I just like, what what is she going to say? I miss you too. No, I I hate you. Yeah, that's true. I also have a feeling that what's happening right now is they're probably like, this is just me theorizing. They're probably amidst like having conversations with Kim, trying to get her back. And they're going to do what they did with the Stanford scene where they cut him out of the show entirely or how they wrote him out, where they're going to like basically film a scene and then edit it later, like edit it in the now, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, that, that was the whether or not they in 2021, by the that way, really the way they wrote him off the show. It's 100%. Like, on. But, like, I wonder if they're in talks with Kim now and they're like, hey, we'll write you back into this show. And that's why they're kind of leaving this whole text thing open. I don't think she's going to come back. And honestly, Kim, if you're listening, don't do it. It's a train wreck and you're going to destroy your career. Just do Samantha in London. We're your two biggest fans. Like, we'll just... I'll finance it. (laughs) 
Oh my God. <laughs> I was going to say with my one Bitcoin. And then I remembered that yeah. I didn't let Mark buy Bitcoin. So we don't have any Bitcoin. <laughs> um, okay. So really quickly, cause I know that we, I feel like we just managed to go through an hour of talking about something that we really both hate. Yeah. Um, the preview for next week. What do you think? I can't remember if I saw it. Um, so what I remember is a lot of it's going to be about Diwali. So it's oh. like Seema is getting her own episode. Oh, I didn't. So then I didn't see it. Um, oh. Or maybe I just okay. wasn't paying attention. I feel like now I've gotten so disconnected while watching the show that I'm literally on my phone and yeah, like going in and out. Yep. Um, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see like more of Seema and understand more about her background. Um, I don't know why they don't make her the new Samantha. I feel like she's kind of got the Samantha vibes. Because it's like, if you tried, this is like why I had such a problem with the black Samantha comment about LTW, because Samantha is such a beloved character. Like if you try to bring in someone and say that they're going to be the new Samantha, like literally people are just going to compare and contrast that character to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just going to make it difficult for their character to actually do well on the show is how I feel about it. No, no, no. But I mean, like, I don't mean actually having her be the new Samantha, but like you're slotting fucking Anthony into that. Into the lunch oh, spot. Got it. Got That's it. what That's I what meant. Like, mean. I feel like Seema is like strong. She says what she wants. She's like a but badass. She's not as woman. funny. I don't think she's as funny. Like Anthony fits more into the trope right, fine, that Samantha fine. would like fill right. with the comedic foil. I don't think Seema fits that role. And I don't okay, think LTW right. fits that role either. Uh, absolutely not. We don't need two Charlottes at yeah. the lunch table. No, thank Definitely you. Definitely not. Um, and, that, and that's me as the Charlotte saying we don't need two of us at a dinner <laughs> table. So, okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I'm interested to see where this goes. This is where, why I think she's dating Dr. Patel. Huh. Okay. Why would you have the whole hip story? I I I know, obviously, it's like a nod, obviously, to her, the abandonment, blah, 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 blah. She's alone. She's getting older. She's single. I also think um, that the the whole paying out of pocket for the physical therapist Mm. was a sign that she's, like, getting her groove back and that, you know, her, we'll say her her loins are speaking to her again. And then I think like they also oh, kind of like, rushed, but they like <laughs> rushed, right? It's like, oh, there's some sensation down there, which apparently she didn't have this whole episode. She didn't, she didn't know she was peeing. Like, what was that? That's also, recording. yeah. Pierre was like, oh, he was like, God. so she can't hear herself peeing. Yeah, like was, was, the drugs affect her, her hearing. Like what? <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker has clearly never had surgery. She has clearly never woken up on a Percocet, Vicodin, any of the morphine because- I don't know where she got her inspiration for her, like, whoa, I feel like I'm flying. Like, honey, no, no. I've taken a shit ton of that stuff. You don't actually feel like that. You know where you are. You know that you have to pee or that you don't. Like, whatever. Also, peeing is a good sign because they don't discharge you from the hospital until you pee. Just just a little fun fact. Um, I really am a pro with this. So anyway... Um, and then again, I think that's why they're bringing in the Diwali thing. So I think it was like, okay, now fast forward, it's three months. Theoretically, it's cool for her to start dating again or to think about men. Mm. And then I'm assuming she's going to see Seema's cousin, Dr. Patel, at the Diwali party. Oh, could be. That's actually, that's a good theory. Um, do you think, since we're on the topic, and I know we're going to end this soon, but um, do you think that there's a timeline that someone should um, uphold after the death of a significant other? Forever. <laughs> okay. Mark, if you're listening. 
<laughs> I'll haunt your ass. Um, no, uh, no, I don't think that there is like a timeline. Mm. I don't. Mm. Um, what about you? I don't think there is. I know some cultures, like for example, in Egypt, um, women or whoever will dress up in black and they're not allowed to leave the house for 60 days after the death of a significant other, which I think is wild. I told my mom, I was like, no, you're not doing that. You still need to go live and breathe and like be a normal human. Can you imagine? Um, I was literally in COVID isolation Yeah, it was fucking weird. for like 10 days and I wanted to kill myself. I was like, I need air. Well, the difference is, is that people will come and bring you food and like come and hang out with you and and stuff like that but like 60 days like that is insane i was like especially someone who just lost someone you don't want them like cooped up at home like imagine the mental health issues yeah i know um and i think that there's at least in like egyptian society there's like a lot of cultural basically just shit talking right like when someone starts seeing someone or considering someone as a significant other after the death of another person um but for me i'm very as you know like fuck like rigidity of like societal rules, like do whatever the fuck you want to make you happy. Um, so I don't think that there's any timeline. I mean, if I were to die and Pierre were to date someone like a month later, I would want you to cut him for me for sure. But like, gotcha. I mean, I, yeah. So like that, yes, but like, I would still want the person to find their happiness. And if that means like after three months, after six months, whatever it is, like go for it. But after one month, I want you to shank him. Thank okay. you. I don't need you to do that because I'm going to do it from, from the grave, but cool, 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 I got you. No, I, I, yeah, I don't think that there's like a right or wrong here, but I do think like, I would like if, if God forbid something happened to pee nasty and then, you know, yeah, I might, I might judge you. (laughs) I might be like a month, huh? That's quick, Maddie. Shit. Six weeks, huh? (laughs) Let me, I I might just, just. drunk purchase a little vibrator or something and have it sent to your house just to be like reminder 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 um but no I I I I don't I don't think there's a rule yeah but there is also feel like I don't know if you if you were that in love with this person that you could move on definitely not I think it's like the whole concept of uh what is it what Pete Davidson is to Kim. Um, yeah. Rebound? A rebound. Oh my God. Why am I, I feel like I can't speak English today. I'm losing all my vocabulary. Um, I feel like yeah. they would be a rebound. A rebound though, like in the midst of like severe grief. You know? I Which wouldn't want to date somebody like a widower who yeah. no, lost no, no. his wife. It's a lot of package, like a lot of, sorry, not pack, baggage to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, okay. I would never want to. So I don't know. We'll see. That's my, that is my theory because what else is going to happen? Like she's clear, she's over big, right? We know this much. She sold the house. She painted the walls. Um, the picture frame is cracked. She moved into her. Also, we didn't apartment. get any like gr- dealing with grief at all so far. No, you, I, you really thought that was going to happen. I really did. I, maybe because I had high hopes and expectations. I was like, yeah, these writers won't fail us. And clearly oh. that is not the case here. I oh. would be a phenomenal writer that just hire me. And I would like probably fix this show in a heartbeat. You should just write a pilot script for Samantha in London <laughs> and just start sending it to people. Send it this to Netflix. what I expect. <laughs> Send it to Netflix and be like, look, 
just finance it. Just give me a couple bitcoins. Yeah, it's like you did Emily in Paris. We're going we to Samantha you. and Landon now. We got you. Then we're gonna find out that Samantha's actually Emily's mom from she had a love child secretly. I like that. I like that. You know, okay. twenty five years prior. Um, um, it makes sense. They're both in PR. Yeah, that that is true. And speaking of which, um, we're gonna end the, the episode now, but we have to talk about Emily in Paris. Oh. We 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 can do that. Yeah, we, but we not to. today. Yeah, definitely not today. But we not should today. definitely talk about it. But I will tell you that Mark literally believes he's French now, and he he's been walking around in sports coats and blazers. And oh my God, like, stop. no, he 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 thinks he's French. Pierre was in Portland, and he was literally. But he was like, "Can we please watch Emily in Paris?" Like at night, like when we get back to our hotel, and he's like, "Can we please just watch Emily in Paris?" I was like, "Why?" So he's like, "I'm just so used to seeing like French stuff all around." And I was just like, uh, "Okay, sir." So, so Emily in Paris is definitely his like new favorite thing now. So good, it's so good. We're all so addicted. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, can't wait to see what what the writers of and just like that have for us next week. Yay! More um, shit talking. I'm more shit talking. <laughs> So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next bit on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic in the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. 